guys. It's episode one of Empire Mentality. Our first guest is a guy that's close to me and that I look up to. Uh, he runs his own sales and marketing firm out of Cleveland, Ohio right now called Legacy Business Solutions. He's also someone that will be a repeat guest on the podcast. We've, we've got some big plans to uh, do a lot more of these together. So I hope you enjoy it. He's my big brother, Matt. All right, dude, we're live. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no worries. Um, I said it in my intro, but this is my big brother, Matt. Uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about his journey and kind of how he got started in entrepreneurship and owning his own business. And uh, I want to go back to kind of you right out of college, getting a business degree. Right. And kind of what you were looking for right out of college for a job. There's a lot of kids that they get a degree and they don't really know the path that they want to go on. Sure. And there's a lot of entry-level jobs out there, so I want to see hear what your <coughs> mindset was going into it. Well, I, I was kind of the same way. The only thing, I guess I was very money-motivated, and uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do either. And the thing that kind of inspired me, I think, was I, I got to see somebody who was a little bit further in their career, um, but I got a chance to go to, when I was in high school, I got a chance to go to a Louisville football game. Um, with my dad, and yeah, you were there with um, mm -hmm. with uh, dad's insurance agent at the time, Patrick. And, um, you know, we were down there and, you know, dad was one of his bigger, you know, bigger, larger clients. And so one of the things that they would do to retain clients was, you know, take them to sporting events, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, I got to asking questions. I was like, that seems like, you know, kind of, kind of a cool job. You know, he's, you know, you know, gets to, you know, bring his clients to games and, you know, they had, you know, quite the tailgate spread and we had really good seats for the game. And, um, you know, they were kind of treating us, you know, like royalty because, you know, dad's company was a big, you know, you know, big client of theirs. And so I was like, man, you know, that would be, be cool. And I got to asking dad questions about, you know, the insurance industry and selling commercial lines insurance and the, you know, the percentages and the commission and residual income and, and all of those, that other stuff. Um, but the thing that, you know, was really exciting me the most, you know, when I was in college, when you're 2021, I was like, man, you know, getting, getting paid to retain clients and take them yeah. to sporting events and, and stuff getting like that. It seems like, a, a, seemed like a, a, a fantasy world, right? Like, yeah, that's <clears throat> that, of course that was right up my alley, you know, right. You know, doing, doing that kind of thing. And so I, I was really excited, you know, about it. And, you know, I'd had a sales internship. I had, the summer before I graduated college selling um, cruise packages over, over the phone. And I, I did pretty well at it. So I knew I wanted to go into sales, especially with some of the interviews that I had gone on. Y you know, you, you realized quickly that, that a college degree wasn't going to separate you, you know, from anybody in a four-year mm -hmm. degree. You think that you're, everyone has this, I guess, false sense of, you know, how much money they're going to make right when they, they graduate. Mm -hmm college and I was like oh I have a college degree from a private liberal arts school I'll, I'll be getting offers that start out at like $50,000 a year and then you know because I played college football it'll be a little higher and all that stuff and then you interview you're like you realize nobody gave a shit you know, right. Right? No, nobody cared you know you know at all um, and the starting salaries you know are coming out at 25,000 30,000 35 and we'll pay for your gas <laughs> you know yeah. stuff, stuff like that um, and it was it was super um, discouraging and so you know, I got to interview at a few places and, you know, I wanted to interview at that agency in, in Kentucky. Um, they weren't hiring, but they passed my resume to a, um, a commercial lines insurance agency, you know, down in Florida. They flew me down for the interview. The interview went well. Um, you know, the CEO was a cool guy and ended up, you know, getting the job down there. But I was, I was money motivated and I was sales motivated. Um, but that was really 
all that I knew. And I had done a little bit of research on sales jobs that had residual income to it or income that you could get from retaining a client, mm-hmm. you know, so that you weren't constantly hunting for new business. And I, and I liked the idea of that. But really, other than that, you know, when I was in school, I was, you know, cramming for tests and playing ball. And, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And that was that was kind of my, my college experience. And I was there to get a paper. And, um, you know, but that was kind of what brought me to my first job out of college, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it was always money motivated. It was not always, like, not strictly money motivated, but it was something that was fun. Get, make a little bit more money probably than the average, than, than all your friends. Yeah. Coming out of college. Yeah. And yeah, when you're a senior in college, you're 22 years old, probably you're not, it's, it's kind of like picking your major all over again. You don't, you don't really know what you want it to be. So you kind of yeah. get something general and that, that you might like. So yeah, it, it is. And there's this and no one talks about it, but secretly you, you, you want to make more money than your buddies. Do. Oh, yeah. You know, your, your, your parents raised you not to talk about it, but you're, you're trying to find, you're all kind of asking each other what uh-huh. you're doing, but you're also, um, you know, secretly in your head, you're like, I, I want to get a better job. <laughs> you want to get yeah. a better job than, than, than your buddy, or, or at least I did, you yeah. know? And so, um, you know, it was, I was, I was always competitive that way, I guess. But. Right. Yeah. We won't stick on it too long. Cause I want to get to you get into your own business and stuff, but then, but I want to ask why, what about that culture or, or being in a big company like that, or that, that was kind of frustrating for you or made you want to kind of do your own thing or, or, yeah, that's, or eventually leave that's that. an interesting story it, itself. And, um, you know, I liked sales and, you know, the guy, and it's nothing against, you know, the company that I was working on. It's nothing against big companies and it's nothing against, corporate, you know, you know, America being that I, I own my own company now and we have, have multiple locations. So, you know, we're becoming a, a larger, you know, company. So the last thing I'd ever want to do is, is bash the thing that I'm now, right. you know, you know, yeah. be trying, trying to become right. Um, but there was a few things that I, I didn't like about, you know, you know, that, that job, I guess in particular. And I think sometimes you need to experience that in order to figure out what, what you want out of life and what you want out of a career. But, you know, I think, anyone sticking with something, you know, career wise comes down to, you know, for me anyway, it comes down to pay, it comes down to culture and it comes down, you know, to the growth, the Mm -hmm. growth opportunity. And for me, the the pay wasn't bad. And I had seen guys there that were making good money. So that wasn't really the thing that made me want, want to leave or or start, you know, my own company, or or I didn't even know, I think then that I wanted to start my own company. I just knew that I wanted a new job. Um, But I was working with guys that were, you know, 30 to four years, my senior, it was, you know, you know, sun and sport and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all this yeah. other stuff. And I didn't like that. I was going into a workplace where I didn't really relate to anybody. I was in a cubicle. Um, I wasn't really talking to anybody. And I just come from college where I wasn't more than four feet away ever from a hundred other guys that were playing the same sport I was yeah. playing. Um, and that had the same interest as me and, you know, that I could, you know, build camaraderie with or joke around with. And that camaraderie not being there kind of put me in a state of just being really, really down, yeah. you know, you know, all the time. And I think one of the most common misconceptions is that your workplace is a place where you don't make friends and you build relationships outside of the office in order to make more money. Um, but that there aren't relationships built in the office. You just have to respect each other. You don't have to right, like each yeah, other, you know, yeah. you know, right? And it kind of had, you know, that feel. You have to coexist, 
but you know you don't have you don't have to like everybody that you work with but you do have to respect them you do have to figure out how to how to work with Mm -hmm. them and i just i didn't like that i I didn't understand that and it wasn't something that i wanted to you know continue to do so it wasn't that there was a bad culture i think a toxic culture um but it wasn't an enjoyable culture it wasn't a a fun culture and not that and we're going to touch on it later that not everything has to be fun you know for you to do it but I wasn't, I wasn't super excited about the culture. And then when I saw the growth opportunity, I wanted my sales and I wanted my performance to lead to something. And I wanted there to be a road and I wanted there to be some type of game plan for growth. I didn't want to, you know, you know, hammer away, you know, at something and possibly be stuck in a scenario. And I, and I had kind of started to get the feel that it was a place where if you were really, really good at sales, that they didn't want to lose their best sales rep, right? right? And I think a lot of companies have have that culture, right? And I think that sales, people who are involved in sales, they have great interpersonal skills, they have thick skin, they have great, um, you know, they're they're accountable, they're self-sufficient, they're all, a lot of the character traits that make somebody good at sales is also the character traits that make somebody good at leading or make somebody, you know, worth you know, putting in a managerial role or a leadership role. Um, but there's a lot of, whether it's cars, whether it's insurance, whether you, you name the industry, um, sometimes if you're too good at sales, um, they want you to stay there. You, and, that, and you're I, their biggest asset. Yeah, they you're their biggest you asset. Yeah. They, you know, they don't want you to start making salary because if they switch you to a salaried position where you're leading other people, um, then you're not there. And so I'd kind of start, I just kind of got that vibe. And I had just started out, right, even before, you know, I, only, I was only there 10 months right. before I left, but I'd kind of started to get that feel and I'd start sort of kind of to see that vibe, you know, you know, inside of the office. And so I was like, you know, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with the growth opportunity. There didn't seem to be a game plan for new people that were coming in for that. Um, you know, I, I wasn't crazy, you know, about the culture. Um, and, and I was pretty confident in my ability to make money there, but I, I didn't want to, I wanted to do sales then, but I, did, I didn't still want to be hammering away and grinding mm-hmm. at it. Um, you know, nose to the grindstone when I was 40. I, I wanted it to lead to something else. And I didn't see any of those ends in, in sight. Um, and then I actually, what made me want to leave was I actually took a vacation. The way that Christmas and New Year's fell is I only needed to take two days off to get like seven days off because it was like weekend and then Christmas Eve and Christmas was on right. a Monday, Tuesday. And then New Year's even New Year's Day was on a Monday, Tuesday. Um, and I got to come home. I got to see you. Um, I got to see Joe and Billy and Mario, you know, a few, a few of our buddies. Um, and we had a really, really good time. And I think when you're away from, you know, camaraderie and that, and it was, and it wasn't like, you know, I wanted to come home and I wanted to just party and not work. Right. right? But I had realized how much I missed just friendships and camaraderie and, you know, you know, all, all of those things. And I realized how deprived I was, you know, of it when I was down there, I was going to work, you know, I, I didn't, you know, enjoy the company of the people that I was working with. And then I was just working out, maybe watching a little bit of TV. And sometimes I'd work out for like three hours, just kind of didn't know anybody, you know, you know, down there, you know, either. So um, I'd like work out for like three hours after work, um, get some food, watch a little bit of TV, you know, you know, go to bed. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, here's these, you know, you know, positive conversations, these uplifting uh-huh. conversations and, you know, that camaraderie that I'd been missing, you know, for so long. And then after I got back from the break, um, I, w- I, you know, I get, I get back from the break. I go there. I'm getting ready for work the next day. I'm like, iron my shirt, laying my clothes out. And I was just so upset. I was super, super upset. And I was super, super depressed. And I, uh, I was like, man, I don't want 
to do this. <laughs> you know, I don't anymore. Can't. I was yeah, like, I was like, I don't want to, to, to do it. Um, and I don't think I slept, but like an hour the whole night because I didn't know, cause dad had actually referred me to, you know, the job. He had mm-hmm. passed my resume to someone who had passed it to somebody else. And, uh, I was like so nervous to tell him. Um, and so then I drive there, um, and I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm dressed. I'm like ready to go to work. So I'm like, I have to go to work. I can't turn down this job. Yeah. Like someone stuck their neck out for me, for me to get this job. You know, it, it's a good job. It's a good opportunity. You know, I, you know, whatever. And so I'm, I'm, I'm out there like 30 minutes early and it's about two minutes before I actually have to walk in to work. And I called dad and I was like, Hey, you know, I, um, I was like, can I talk to you? And he was like, you know, he could tell. He was like, is everything okay? And I was like, you know, yes and no. I was like, I don't, um, I was like, I think I want to quit. <laughs> it was just like, he was like, your job? Yeah. <laughs> I just got back. Which is not no, you know, right? something that like we were raised to do. It's no, quit, right. you, know? <laughs> you know, especially after, after 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd only been down there 10 months. And uh, I was like, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the job. And uh, he was like, well, you know, do you want to stick with it? What's going on? You know, this, that, or another thing. And I was like, you know, and at the time I thought that I, you know, m- just missed being around everybody. And I wanted to work closer to home. Um, I realized later that it was just, you know, being around, you know, other, you know, energetic, positive, you know, you know, uplifting, yeah. you know, you know, people instead of being stuck in a clu- cubicle, you know, looking at the clock. But I was just like, yeah, I just miss everybody. Yeah. You know, um, and he was like, are, are you sure? You know, are you are you, are you positive? Um, you know, and I get kind of like choked up a little bit. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure I was like, I don't even I don't even want to go in there. Like I was like, I'm, I'm dreading it. I was like, I'm dreading every second. Like, I, I don't want to I don't want to even go through those doors and you know and then I finally like said out loud I was like I hate it here you know it wasn't that I hated the people that you know were at the company I was Mm -hmm. like but I just hated my routine I hated the environment I hated the cubicle life I hated you know you know I I hated everything about it I felt good to finally say Say those words yeah yeah Yeah. so I flat out just hate it yeah I just I was like I just I was like I hate it here you know um and it was just like like a weight you know off of of off of my chest and he was like all right well you know you got to call um you know, whoever, you know, whoever it was that referred me down there is like, you're gonna have to let them know. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll make a point, you know, to let them know, you know, as, as well. And, um, so, you know, I let him know and I, I went in there and I talked to the CEO's name was Doug and he was, and that was the hardest part about Quinn is Doug was a super cool mm. guy and his office was across the hall from my cubicle, you know, so he was right there. So I had to go in there and, and tell him that I was, um, you know, you know, leaving and, and whatever. And, um, and then I, you know, so, you know, and he was cool about it, but then the awkward part was, so then they sent out an email, like the way they did it was weird. They sent out a mass email that I was like quitting. What? I was like still packing up my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even gone yet. And so I'm they're like, like, couldn't like wait. they're like, finally, yeah, this kid's like, out of like, here. Oh, it is in the movies where you like pack like a box of your shit. And so like, they, so they had, uh. You know, they sent out an email and like people are asking me, they're like, hey, I heard you quit. I'm like, word travels fast. <laughs> I wasn't fast. prepared to answer any questions <laughs> yeah, about this. I was like, I just wanted to sneak out, you know? And, you know, so then everyone's asking, asking me, you know, why? What happened? You know, all this shit. And so, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, avoid. And then apparently you have to like do like an exit interview. So uh-huh. then I had all my shit packed up and then you got to do like an exit interview and like, you know, like, you know like unsubscribe from your benefits or like whatever I had to do some like exit paperwork or whatever because yeah. it was a salaried you know you know job so I had to do some like exit stuff you know you know and you know that 
know, it was too long to read. So I was like, yeah, just whatever. Get me out of here. I'll sign it. <laughs> so, who knows? Maybe, maybe they have like my, you know, the rights to my firstborn right, child yeah. now or something. <laughs> I was just like signing it and, you know, you know, getting out of there. Uh, but I, you know, eventually, you know, you know, signed it all. I got out of there. Um, and it was just, you know, a weight, you know, off my shoulders. And, you know, I was, I just remember being like so excited to leave. I'm so excited to get back home. And so I, I pack up all of the stuff in my apartment that I can. I had, you know, a, a Chrysler, you know, it was like in 2000, like Chrysler LHS at the time. It was like 2013. And I loaded it, dad's old car. And I loaded everything that I could in it. Um, I had like a newer, like sectional couch, kind of like the one that, that you have there. Uh -huh. um, and that was nicer, you know, something that, you know, uh, I had bought for me before I went down there. And I, you know, had that shipped back my bed shipped back because that stuff was newer and then i sold everything else that i could out of it there was like a apartment complex page that you could like sell all of your yeah. stuff so i sold everything that i could shipped paid to ship the rest um and then i drove like the second it was all gone and i i had gotten rid of all of my stuff you know and could fit everything else in my car i was gone i bought like four or five hour energies i drove 18 hours straight <laughs> through the night to catch Joe's basketball game, which he coincidentally like like played in, like he wasn't getting a lot of playing time at the time, but he you know and you know so coincidentally the day I came home, you know he played in, and um, you know drove like you know took four or five drove eighteen hours straight through the night, um, you know got home caught the game, um, you know fell asleep and then started the uh, the job search, yeah. you know you know after after that, yeah. but that was kind of what brought me, I, I think those were the things that I, working there kind of. I guess taught me what was you know important to me and, and what wasn't at the time I just thought I wanted to be closer to my friends and family um, but later I found out you know I, I got involved with you know the new job that I had after that and as you know I hardly came home yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I could have it I hardly came home and so what I realized you know through having a job with a culture that I didn't I didn't really enjoy and then finding one with a culture that I didn't really enjoy is that that I guess connotation that you know, you know, work is a place where, you know, those are your coworkers, not your friends, which yeah. is something that I, I didn't agree with at yeah, all. Yeah, it sounds like you yeah. started to figure it out still while you were working down in Florida. And because that, mm -hmm. that was where I wanted to go with this. And we spent a lot of time on that. But I th I'm chewing up but the film. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's important because it, that's how that's kind of going through that experience yeah. is what made you or give you gave you the attitude and beliefs that you have now. Yeah. So. I'm glad that we spent that much time on it, but I wanted to ask you, but it, sound, it sounds like you did a little soul searching yourself mm -hmm. in, in that last couple of months yep. where you were figuring yourself out. Um, but was there a time in between that and getting the next sales job <laughs> that you, that you were really sat down and just thought about like what you wanted or was it just kind of, you know, I'm going to look for, I'm just going to look for another job and see and see yeah. what I like. I, um, well, I was just sending out resumes everywhere. I was on Indeed. I was on Career Builder. I was on Monster. And, you know, I was just applying to all of these places um, that had <laughs> that had a bigger salary than the place yeah, that I was. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I, I moved home. Your eye, yeah. You know, so everyone was like, you know, you moved you moved home from Florida. You moved away from that, you know, you know, good job. And, you know, so everyone was super, like, concerned and interested as to why. Because when they would ask me what I was doing, you know, when I described the job in Florida, I was describing it to everybody else. I was kind of, you know, fronting a little bit. You know, I was describing it to everybody else as what, you know, Patrick was doing yeah. with dad. But when you're a rookie insurance agent, you're not signing, you know, right. the Michigan Sugars and these yeah. big manufacturing plants. You're you're signing like probably small mom and pop shops and they're not they're not 
I learned after being down there, those, those type of clients don't get to go yeah. to the Rays games and the, and the Tampa Bay just, Bucks you games. You just take and, them to lunch and, and or bring stuff. donuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, don't get to, you do that. And so I had hyped it up. It's, and, you know, that was something that I could have gotten to maybe when I was 40, right? But I hyped it up as I was going to be doing that stuff uh-huh. right away. And I think in my head I thought I would be, and, and I wasn't. You know, it's a process, and you, you got to put your time in. So everyone thought that I <laughs> quit this amazing job yeah. of just swooning clients at professional sports games um and that that wasn't exactly the case so everyone was like asking like what are you doing back in freeland michigan you know back from tampa bay uh-huh. you know you know florida and um so i kind of had to explain myself but i um i was just looking and applying you know for all of these jobs and i eventually got a call from this from you know the girl who's actually my head recruiter now you know she, she works for me now still still to this day Seven years later, I get a call from this girl called Brittany. She works at this company called uh, Perspective Advertising. And um, all she talked to me about on the phone was she didn't talk about my sales experience. She didn't talk about insurance. She didn't talk about the sales that I did over the phone or, you know, bar. She she talked about two things that I had really felt um, were what made me me. And Mm -hmm. that was my job as a bartender and waiter. Um, and that was playing football. And those were the only two things she brought up. She was like, you know, I see that you, you know, waited tables and um, bartended. Um, I also see you played college football. Tell me about that. She's, those were my least recent experiences. Right. But like to me, the reason why I, and I had been getting calls for interviews like all morning, like all these insurance agents, all these car dealerships, all these places, you want you, they see sales experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everything, everything, the, the, bloodline or the lifeline of every business is how well you recruit and how well you sell you know right and so and I was getting all these calls and I was like man I don't know if I even want to do insurance again this is gonna be me and a bunch of 60 year old people and I'm gonna get stuck in a cubicle cold calling all day and I just, I just didn't want to do that and she brought up waiting tables and bartending and you know playing football and those were the two things that I thought gave me the most skills that I thought were going to make me good in sales and advertising and marketing and and that I thought, you know, gave you great, great leadership skills. And we talked about that. And so I went down there for the interview there. And that was all, you know, my boss at the time, I ended up taking that job. Um, He talked to me about that in the interview process as well. You know, it was my time playing sports um, and my time waiting tables and bartending and how he thought that, you know, sports and that made a great employee. And, you know, they both kind of lined up. And I actually didn't take that. <laughs> I actually didn't take that job right away. And they told me afterwards that that Brittany was actually talking shit <laughs> because I took like two weeks to accept it. Oh, I really? I didn't know to that. Go on. Yeah, I had other interviews oh, to you go wanted, on. You want to test? And I wanted to test yeah. the waters. And most, a lot of companies don't let you do that. I don't even let people do right. that <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I interview. Um, and I so I went on like a bunch of other interviews, and I couldn't get over it um and and their you know company structure they were a vendor that had a parent company to kind of and it's kind of the same business that i'm in now in the same industry that i'm in now they were you know a vendor and so they had a parent company and that parent company had large telecommunication companies and home improvement companies in cosmetics brands that they would either do residential sales for or retail sales mm-hmm. for you know doing the retail sales inside of you know either either malls or costcos or, you know all of that stuff and uh i i wasn't you know it and the business model was to, you know, take the best sales rep, which was another one of my worries, was to take the best sales rep and put them in a leadership role. And their motto, and one of the things that also impressed me in their interview process, was we feel 
like people who can sell also possess these other skill sets, right? right? Like yeah, I kind of talked, talked about, about earlier, yeah. And, and I was like, whoa, like these people are in my head, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? You know, waiting tables, bartending, um, you know, you know, sales, football, you know, you know that these people, you know, are the biggest assets to a business. And I just, mm -hmm. I just couldn't have. I'm interviewing. I'm like, I just can't agree with these people anymore. You know, than than I agree with them right now. And uh, their motto was, if you can take somebody that's really good at sales and somebody who's really good at driving revenue, and put them in a team lead position where they have the opportunity to be involved in the hiring process mm -hmm. and be involved in the training process and kind of assemble and kind of mentor and kind of like draft and coach a team, yeah. you know, right? That one person that can generate, you know, let's say $5,000 worth of sales in a week, if we give him a team of 10 people, you know, if, and he's got to perform first, he's got to mm -hmm. prove himself first. But if we give this guy who's, you know, a beast in this area, a team of you know five to ten people. Even if those five to ten people are only sixty percent as good as him, you know, you know, right? You know, you're uh -huh. doing ten thousand dollars in sales, and you know his team of ten can only do six thousand dollars worth of sales every single week. Sixty thousand dollars worth of sales instead of ten thousand dollars worth of sales. So they didn't look at it like a lot of other companies looked at it, where, you know, hey, we just lost our best sales rep because now he's in a team lead role or now he's in a managerial role. They looked at it as like, man, if he's even if he can even train people to be 60% as, as good as him, half yeah. as good as him, but we give him, but we start a hiring process for him and assemble a team around mm -hmm. him. You know, our company makes way more money, you know, you know, right. And he's happier. And these new reps are happier because they have, they have a guy who's been through it before they, they know that they're, and that was one of the problems I had with my, you know, men, mentor at the insurance agency that I was working at is that it made it through the grapevine that this guy that was doing our training program had never even like sold yeah. insurance before. Yeah, he, you he, want to be working for a guy that's that's been through the same stuff. He got licensed. Has, yeah. He got licensed, but he, he doesn't even have a book of business. Yeah. Right. And so we were instantly like very unimpressed. You know, you know, by uh -huh. that guy. You know, people want to know. You want to know that you're. You know, one of the things that was even when I played youth football, one of the coolest things you know about the youth football team that we played on was that our, our D coordinator played at Ohio State. Yeah. You know, you know, granted, like not a huge Ohio State not fan, a, but not like a not, a, not, a huge, not a huge fan. <laughs> um, but but we thought that was so cool, right? And so we listened to him. Like the words he was speaking was prophecy. You yeah. know, you know, right? It was the law. Um, and so you know that was one thing I was like, wow. You know, I was I, I really liked the structure. You know, you know that they had, and so I accepted that job down there and, and quickly moved into a team lead role. Um, and then got the opportunity to where that the parent company of, of perspective and, and them, you know, felt comfortable with me um, actually incorporating myself and vendoring myself in and, you know, starting a small team in a small office in the, in the metro Detroit area. And then, you know, being able to expand my business you know, yeah. you know, from there. Yeah. So then so then, you, like you said, you can get your own offices, you, you start building and you've grown it pretty big now. Um, but what it, and not a lot of people in this parent company have accomplished what you have or what Ben, the guy you work for had sure. getting their own offices. So what was different about your mindset or Ben's or, or other people that succeed in this where, where they're starting to get multiple locations? What, what's di what sets people like people, that apart than, than the, the average that, that, that fizzle out? Yeah. People, I, I think people put really weird timelines on, on themselves. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try this for a certain amount of time. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to fall back on this. And I, I loved the culture. I loved what the company stood for. And I loved, you know, the, the process I was making good money. I liked the culture and I liked the growth opportunity. So I didn't 
care how fucking long. Yeah, it, it, it took. And you, you know, were yeah, 100% I hundred percent in, yeah, and was, others are. Yeah, you know, Tony Robbins in, talked about. But yeah, not, yeah, I burned the boats. Yeah, right. You know, and yeah. that's 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 you know, I, we could have a whole. I won't even get into burning right. the boats. And you know, for those of you guys who follow Tony Robbins, um, you know, in that 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 story. Um, we'll get you know, into we, it we'll in another, on one. Another, another one, right? We're running out of film. Um, but, you know, I, I burned the boats and I was just like, man, even if this takes me, you know, and the goal was to get somebody into a role, you know, of running one of these locations or kind of getting vendored in or incorporated is what we call it um, within 12 months. But I was like, dude, even if it took me five years, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's you worth know, it, you know, the yeah. average, you know, we won't get into, you know, to the monetary aspect, but the average of what somebody who was running one of these locations was making, I was like, dude, like most companies, you know, some people work at a company their entire life don't make that much money. I was like, so yeah, it, it takes me, and it didn't, you know, it took me about 13 months, you know, you know, to, to accomplish and assemble a team and build a team that they felt comfortable with me, you know, running a location with. Um, but I, people put these weird timelines on and they, they have this plan B, their plan B muddies up their plan A and I'll, I'll try this for a certain amount of time and if it doesn't work out, I'll still be okay. You know, and I, I kind of looked at it like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna be okay. Like I, I need, the, I want this so bad, I need this so bad, I, I won't be okay. You know, if, if, if I don't, you know, you know, accomplish this, just like when you're playing sports, like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, I just want to make the team. Like I, I wouldn't have been okay unless I was the starting point guard. I wouldn't have been okay unless I was the starting, it would have bothered me, you know, right. And so, you know, in, you know, but there are kids that go through high school or go through middle school, you know, you know, if I don't start, it's okay. I'm still on the, I'm still on the winning team or I'm still on a championship yeah. team. You know, I wanted to be, you know, a contributor. And so that was always kind of, you know, in, in my DNA. But one, people put weird timelines on it. Like, I'm going to try it for this amount of time. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And one of the most interesting things that ever was said to me was from another one of my mentors in the business. His name's, his name's Enrique. Is, you know, when he talks to people and they're upset about where they're at in their career at like six months in or seven months in or eight months in and they're thinking about quitting, he, he says something interesting to them. He's like, I, he's like, I don't get you. He's like, you haven't earned the right to be disappointed mm. yet. Earned the right to be disappointed. Earned the right to be disappointed. I like, yeah, like And they were like, well, what do you mean? Like, you don't ever get upset? He's like, sure, I get upset. He was like, but if you played Michael Jordan in a one-on-one pickup game, would you be upset? Mm-hmm. Would you just be honored to have your ass whooped by Michael Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just to meet him, right? He was like, if you beat Michael Jordan, he's earned the right to be upset. He's like, God damn it, that kid got lucky, yeah. right? You know, he's he, made, he had yeah. like eight threes in a row, right? He's put in enough time and enough energy to become excellent and elite at what he does. He's like, you've been doing this for six months. What did you expect? Like, where did you think you were gonna be? You know, think about anything that you started. Where were you six months later? You know, right? You know, you, you, you have no right to be upset. You know, you have no right to be like, oh, I'm not a millionaire yet. Just like people who are overweight, like they don't have the, they don't go to the gym for a week. They don't have the right to be upset. They mm-hmm. haven't earned the right to be upset yeah, yeah. that they haven't lost any weight. Now, let's say they have a medical condition and who knows? I know a lot of right. people in the fitness industry, they're going to maybe shit on me for saying this. Like, no, that's not a medical issue thing, you know, well, you know yeah, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I'm sure you'll have that on man, the podcast. got big bones. Yeah. yeah, they got big bones, right? Or some people like, you know, maybe really it's rare that they do have metabolism issues. So let's say somebody's put two years in and they've done everything right, mm-hmm. right? And they're still not losing any weight. You know, maybe, maybe they have the right, you know, to be upset, you know, and then they find out they do, really do have a medical condition, you know, something like that. Um, but, you know, somebody who's only put that little bit of time into something, you haven't put enough work in, enough sweat equity in, um, and you haven't gotten elite enough yet to be upset at, at where you're at. Yeah. You, you know, you know, right. So, you know, yeah, and one, then being honest with yourself, we're saying, have I really done everything that I can? Yeah. There, even if it was only six months, have I been 
making every call that I can? Have I been doing my homework outside of the office? Yeah. Have I been asking Matt, hey, yep. this, this isn't work. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Can yeah. I can I get better? Have you done all that first? Yeah. And then, then if you have, whatever the timeline There's is, it. then maybe you have the right to be upset with, with yourself or, or maybe it's just not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's also an interesting act. And then, you know, the next question that everyone's going to ask is, you know, how do you know whether, whether you're doing everything? And there's an interesting thing that I learned from being in the business as well. We call it the drone test, right? You know, so the drones are like those little, little helicopter boys yeah, with yeah. like the cameras on them that like you take, you know, you see in action movies and all that other stuff. And so we call it the drone test, right? And so I think everybody kind of, you know, another thing that, that helped us, you know, grow and accomplish some of the things that we accomplished was doing the drone test on a daily basis. And, you know, Ben ran um, an interesting meeting, morning meeting, sales meeting one morning, um, where he asked everybody, you know, about their week. He's like, how does everybody feel about their week last week? And um, everybody was like, ah, we feel okay. You know, this that another thing. Like, don't exactly know what you mean by the question, but, you know, it's all right, right? You yeah. know, everybody just kind of shrugs, right? It was another, just drugs. another week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just another week. It was whatever. Um, and he was like, how many of you guys feel like you tried it? You know, you, know, you put your best effort forward. And, you know, pretty much the whole room raised their hand. And he's like, like, honestly, like, really think about that question. Do you really, really think that you did everything that you, you know, you, know, you could? And maybe three less people, you know, you know, brought their hands down. He was like, he was like, okay, now let's pretend this. He was like, let's pretend that last week, from the time you woke up, from the time that you went to bed, you know, you, you hit the, the button on your alarm, you get out, your feet touch the floor, the drone rises as well, right? And mm -hmm. it's going to follow you, yeah. you know, for the entire day. It's mm. going to see you in traffic it's going to see you you know you know what time you wake up whether you brush your teeth um you know whether you you know the way that you brush your teeth the way that you get dressed you know whether you ironed your shirt or not or just put your suit jacket over top of it to hide the wrinkles right you know whether you ate breakfast whether you're sticking to your diet not sticking to your diet how long your workout was um and then it's going to follow you you know into you know our morning training sessions that we do whether you're productive or whether you're just talking about your weekend um it's got audio on it so we can hear you it's going to follow you around inside of the retail stores if you're on the retail campaign it's just going to follow you through the residential territory if you're doing the residential sales um it's going to follow you everywhere you know right and you know everyone's like oh, you know i'm a little you know people started to get a little uncomfortable he was like and then he was like let's pretend now okay that it's going to film you every day for an entire month it was like, how comfortable would you be with us selecting a random date mm. out of a hat and having either one of your old coaches, your mother, your father, your brothers, your sister, or your girlfriend watching yeah. a random day damn. from one of your month of, damn, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, watching one of those days. And in, then everyone just, everyone just kind of like looked from left and like looked to the right, you know, at, at each other, mm -hmm. you know, right? And but no one raised their hand, not a single person, not even yeah. myself, like, like raised their hand, you know, cause everyone, he was like, yeah, I bet some of you guys are feeling this way. Like, and maybe, man, you, know, maybe like, you had like, one like, or two days like, in like, that week or yeah, couple, like, like a random, every, a, a every random day. day. Like you're yeah. going to pick a random one. I can't pick the day, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the world that we live in, you know, you know, now where we kind of get to, you know, especially with the social media and everything, we get to kind of pick and choose, you know, you know what, you know, we show. And he was like, so, and this is the way they described it. He was like, you know, so. I think a lot of people is human nature, you know, we just kind of chalk up our week, our bad weeks. And it's kind of our instinctive response to say, I don't know what I did wrong. I tried my best. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and everyone just kind of says, I don't know what I did wrong. I tried my best. You know, I was, I, I was really working. It just, just wasn't my week. I was out there. You know, right? I was out there the whole time. It wasn't my week. Right. I was out there the whole time. You know, I was, I was trying my best. Um, be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's pull a random date and yeah. watch the film. Well, don't do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> which, not, not, not Tuesday. You, yeah, not, <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to watch Tuesday? You can't no, watch no. Friday? Well, Wednesday like, was a good one for Wednesday me. was good, right? I, I had and 10 so, sales that day. So, yeah, so to answer that question, yeah, you do know what you're doing wrong. You just didn't think anybody, you know, you, you, you do know, right? you, one, you did know what you were doing wrong. Two, you do know how to fix it, you know, you know right? And, and three, no, no, you didn't give it everything you had. You're, you're not actually, you know, you know, giving it, you know, you know, everything, yeah. you know, that you had. So I think between weird deadlines, like in, you know, I, you know, I'll fall back on this. If this doesn't work out within six months, like, like why? What are you, you going to come? What did you mm-hmm. ever accomplish in six months before? Two, um, you know, you know, anything doing, worthwhile do, anyway. Yeah. Right. You know, two, you know, the drone test. And then three, it was something that we talked about that I, that I want to talk about on the podcast is, you know, trying something, going through it, going through that uncomfortable phase mm-hmm. and then hiding behind. I'm just not doing well at it because I'm not passionate about retail sales mm-hmm. or I'm not passionate about residential sales or I'm not passionate about this one little aspect and or the product that yeah that you're putting yeah, that you're selling yeah. or whatever yeah, and a new word that i've been throwing around lately is that that's asinine right like like it's asinine yeah. to say right like you it's like yeah i was you know anything especially ex-athletes it drives me crazy when that ex-athletes say that because i'd be the equivalent of like i quit football because i wasn't passionate about running until i puked right like if, uh-huh. if you're passionate being passionate about something means that you'd go through hell and high water mm-hmm. you, know, you know for right. it you know you know marriages for better for worse mm-hmm. you know right you know so you know being passionate means that you'd be willing to go through anything for it not the second shit gets hard or the second shit gets uncomfortable yeah. that you know you 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 throw in you know the towel so for me you know i think that you know if you're truly passionate about growth and the things that i were passionate that i was passionate about in the company i it doesn't mean being passionate about something doesn't mean it comes without resistance uh-huh. right you know and i it had checked i decided it checked off my three boxes the culture the growth and and the amount of money you know i was making i was happy with all three of those things you know just like there were certain things about football and basketball that brought me joy you know and i decided that i loved so you know injuries you know you, you play hurt you play sick you know you play in the rain mm-hmm. you play in the snow you, you you'll do whatever and so for me i just decided that you know hey these three things are the things that are the most important to me in a work environment and yes if negatives are going to come if challenges are going to come if things that are going to be uncomfortable are going to come you know that I'm willing, you know, to go through, you know, you know, that stuff. I just, I just crave the end result. And so a lot of people think that they, they use passion as like this shield yeah. to avoid challenges. Like, mm. oh, I just wasn't passionate about it. No, no, you just weren't yeah. good at yeah, it. You, 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 just weren't, it yeah. you weren't any good. Or, or you, you didn't know? really try as hard as you could, or you, yeah, you, you didn't hold yourself yeah, accountable. Yeah, or you, you hadn't earned the right to be disappointed. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me, I saw a lot of people doing that. I see a lot of people still do that in performance-based industries or in competitive industries, you know, especially the sales industry where a lot of offices like post performance or they post the top guys and this, mm-hmm. that, or another thing. It always seems to be the people that just didn't want to get outside of their own, their comfort zone or didn't want to network or didn't want to work the entire day or didn't want to go through the necessary grind, you know, in order to get that. And that's, and that's fine, you know, right? Not everybody, you know, loves the grind and loves, loves the process like, like other people do. And maybe they want more of a balance, but you know, I just think a lot of people hide behind that. And, you know, the example that I always use, it was a story I was telling you last night. The example I always use is, you know, youth, youth basketball or youth football, you know, right? You think about, and, and everyone's like, no, the passion has to come first. Um, no, an in, there has to be an interest first, you know, you know right? But I remember my first day of 
Boys Town, Boys Town, Girls Town, you know, basketball with you know, with the legend Howard Davies. Yeah, that's you know, our right? that's our rec league back in Freeland, Michigan <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, and so every and every, I think yeah for the for the non locals, everybody has like a Boys Town, Girls Town where you know it's first grade boys, second grade boys, third grade mm-hmm. boys, fourth grade boys, you know, and then there's the big. The, the, the dads get together and they do a, it's like the a draft, fantasy, yeah. fantasy draft. They draft all the kids and stuff. And so they put you through all these drills and the dads assess the talent. And then it's just all the same kids that go to the same school, split up, drafted. The dads are the coaches. And there's one old school G, oh, he's you know, the, you know, the official gangster that, that runs the, you know, that runs, you know, the league. Right. And so Howard Davies was that he, he had the starter shoes on and the, the tube socks with the sweatpants oh, tucked yeah. in and the, the Freeland Rec League, you know, you know, gray and gray from and 1972. Green shirt, 1972, right? And so, you know, you you go through that, right? But when you you're so excited to play your first organized basketball mm-hmm. game, right? And you think it's going to be just like what you see on TV. And so, you know, I'm I'm showing, you know, that I'm 30 now. You know, back in the day, it was, it was Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill and and Michael Jordan that were kind of you know the guys that were running the league. Jason Kidd, like when. When I was growing up, you know, when I was like five, six, seven, you know, when you, you know, go and start playing, you know, organized, organized hoops. And so you, you watch them and, and you think that like, you know, hey, we're going to play organized basketball. It's going to look just like the all-star game, yeah. you know, right? And you go in there and you're wearing shoes that aren't broken in yet. Um, maybe your socks match. Maybe they don't. You know, you know, who, who knows, right? Our socks right? don't you're, match. Yeah. <laughs> Ours didn't, right? Um, but you're wearing, uh, you know, you know, shorts that. You don't exactly, you know, fit you, you know, like, like you, you would want them to, you got to pull the string, you know, really tight to get them to fit. And then you, they give you a men's small shirt. So the, the sleeves oh, come yeah. down to like your, your wrist, yeah. you, you know, practically. Swimming right? in you, it. You, you, yeah. You're swimming in it. You right. Tuck it in. You look like a dork, yeah, yeah. right. You know, so they give you, and then, and then so that they can tell the difference between the teams, then you give you an even bigger mesh penny. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're lucky, you're the non penny team. If you're, you know, lucky, you know, you know, you know, whatever. And so, and then, you know, Howard Davies lines everybody up, you know, to do the drills. And he's like, you know, everybody hold the ball in your right hand. And you, you, and he's like, now dribble in place. And some kids, for the most part, most kids can do that. Right. And he's like, now we're going to walk to half court and back. And most kids can do it. Some look smoother than others, mm-hmm. but for the most part, people can function with, with their right hand. And then they're like, all right, jog back and forth. And the really unathletic kids, you know, the ones that you rate them from one to six, right? So right. dad gave these kids a one, you know, <laughs> they, they bounce it off their foot. You know, you know, it, it, it dribbles away. And then you run from half court and back. But for the most part, you know, maybe you were carrying the ball. Maybe people like traveled, maybe people did whatever, but you could get from half court and back, you know, with, with your right hand. And then, you know, Howard's like, all right, now everybody hold the ball in your left hand. <laughs> that, that, that moment, like you're like five, six, seven years old, you realize, Holy oh, shit. shit, this is the first time <laughs> I've ever used this hand <laughs> for, for anything. anything. Not just like anything. Like, I've never held, I, I use it to hold the other half of my shoe when I put, yeah. like, <laughs> like, I use it to, like, you know, tie my sneak. I've, I've only used it as an accessory piece to my right mm-hmm. hand, right? And he was like, now hold it. And it feels weird already. You're like, no, this guy's not going to fucking make yeah. us, like, <laughs> dribble with, the, <laughs> with this hand, you know, is he? And sure as shit, you know, I was like, now, now dribble with your right hand. And your fingers instantly go, like, thunk. Yeah. Like, they, they like spaz out and you're like beating the ball like a frying pan uh-huh. like in place and it feels weird it feels awkward you either don't hit it hard enough or you hit it too hard you know and you know it just looks really you get really close to it you know to dribble it and it's like all right now walk you know back and forth and half the balls scatter across the gym just with the walking mm-hmm. right and he's like you know so everybody has to chase their ball down get back to the line get done and he's like now jog and it looks like 
confetti. Like, like all yeah. the balls are all over the gym. All the kids are running from. Some are laughing, right? But if you took basketball seriously, you're just more. You're yeah, humiliated. you're just pissed. Yeah, you're pissed. You're frustrated. You're humiliated. Like you think your mom saw the girls, the girls' town of the same grade are coming in right <laughs> after the boys. You're like, dude, that girl I have a crush yeah. on. She knows I can't. Dude, she I, thinks I can't dribble. She's now and then you know, and because the ball scattered, now everybody's looking. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, right? And they're like, now we're gonna run, and you're contemplating. Maybe he won't notice if I use my right hand. Oh, yeah. You know, right? Maybe you oh, know, yeah. but you do it. But then you see, you know, you know, Big Jim looking. And he's, you know, kind of you're like, fuck, man. You know, he's gonna <laughs> bust my ass. I don't dribble with my left hand. And so, so you try, and it's just a s- pure chaos, mm-hmm. right? Of all these kids with clothes that don't fit, chasing these balls all over the gym. And if you know, and you always imagine like what you'd say, you, you know. And I think all kids did this. They imagine what they would say in like their post game press conference, just like Michael Jordan and whatever. So if someone had come up with a mic and just post game press conference, like these first graders or like first grade me after that would be like, how do you feel right now? I for sure, for sure, for sure, 100% would not have been like, so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I just I'm love basketball. I'm yeah. with passion and joy right now. I'd be like, I'm mortified. Like I'm yeah. absolutely, absolutely mortified. I want to hide under a rock, dude. I saw my mom. Like she'll say she wasn't. She laughed at me. Like <laughs> she was laughing right. at me for the ball around the way. Like the moms are laughing. They think it's so cute, and and rightfully so. You know, you know, right? You know, so mom, I'm not mad at you. But like, yeah. you know, rightfully so. And you know, it was. It's funny. You know, right? And it's uncomfortable. And you look like a dork. And but you weren't passionate. Like to say that passion came that you were always passionate. No. Like like passion comes from kind of earning your right to be. disappointed right putting the work in and then you know you fast forward but you fast forward to high school basketball and you know football was kind of my thing but I think that there was more pat I played with like almost more passion and energy like we we had one of the best student sections you know in the whole we'll say the whole state we'll we'll say the whole state you know but it was the energy that was in that building the passion the this the that but you know one of the one of the best compliments I ever remember getting um, that people would tell dad, like they, they wouldn't tell me, they would either tell me or they would tell dad, they'd be like, you know, you know, one of the things I love about watching your boys play is until they shoot free throws, I can't tell whether they're right or left-handed, you know? And because I knew like, and I can always like think back cause I remember, you know, boys town basketball, like how awkward it was to like learn that, you know, right. I can always think back to that and be like, wow, the reason I love that compliment so much. And the reason that compliment meant so much to me, because I knew how hard it was to overcome, like getting your right hand to function the same way that your left hand does. And so, and then on the other side of that was where the most passionate moments, you know, the beating of the chest and the crowd cheering and, you know, the last, the last second shots and, and all of that stuff. But none of that, those really high passion moments that happen in sports, they, they always came on the other side of, of getting uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, right. And people, so many and people are willing for some reason willing to do it in like middle school sports and high school sports for free like pretty much kind of knowing in their heart too that they're not going to be professional athletes and then we become adults in the real world and we no one's making us maybe it's because no one's making us go through those challenges or i don't don't know exactly what it is i think that's it isn't no one's making you go through those challenges no one's making you you know you know you know stick with it but it's for your career it's for your life it's the thing that's going to determine what type of car you drive it's the thing that this job you know it's the thing that's going to determine what type of car you drive what type of house you live in what type of life you're going to be able to have for your family and your your people are ducking these challenges and ducking these uncomfortable scenarios and then being like it's because i'm passionate and it, and it pisses me it pisses me off a little bit we won't we won't go on that rant but you know so those i think those were the three things is is 
one, not hiding behind passion Two, you know, you know, doing the drone test and three, what's, what's this weird deadline? Like, like six months and I quit. Yeah. Like, like if I don't have everything I want in six months, I quit. So, you know, those, I think those three things, I, I think allowed me and, you know, allowed, you know, some of the people that are, that are in this is business with me to expand and grow and open up more office locations, bring on more clientele and, you know, yeah, going to, through to that, going yeah. through that struggle now as like in your, in your <clears throat> sales company environment, yeah. maybe that's kind of the correlation between when you're in, when you're in fourth grade and you can't dribble with your left hand, you're there with all your buddies that can't either. Yeah. So, so, so I never be, about being that, yeah. in the type of environment that your office has where, yeah. where everyone wants, has that want to yeah. get better and they're around other people that have succeeded and have stories how they struggled. Like, yeah, yeah man, I, I went out and I didn't make any sales my first yeah. two weeks. I, that's and a great can, correlation yeah. that you just, because I never, I never even thought about that, you know, you know, as, as much, right. That one, you know, people that you liked were also going through the same struggles mm-hmm. Two, the sixth grade grade boys played after you and they could, they could dribble with their left hand. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think inside of our company, I think that's a great point is there's people who have already been there and done it and gone through it. And that's, that's the important of that. But then also there's, you know, people that are starting around the same time of you that are going through the same, same struggles that, that you like, like, you know, you don't, you don't care that the kid you, you hate and, and elementary school can't dribble with his left hand. Right. You're like, ah, good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but your buddies are, but your buddies, yeah, yeah. man, yeah. man, my buddy right there, my best friend can do it. Now I, I want to be, I want to be like him. I, yeah. I, I can't, or, or it's like, I can't look stupid. He can do it. I got to be able to do it too. I don't, yeah, I don't, don't want to be, I don't want to be left too. behind. Mm-hmm. Same thing in uh, in a competitive healthy competitive yeah. sales environment in the office mm-hmm. stuff like that so mm-hmm. no i like the drone test i hadn't heard that one before yeah i like that one. yeah um all right we'll move on and we've got off script which i wanted to do and i knew that we would yeah i knew it I we knew it. are I, was, uh, I saw your script and i was like i'm gonna fuck yeah up. no <laughs> and we uh we'll have plenty more where we can yeah. dive deep into stuff but uh all right let's go rapid fire a little bit not quick rap but about yourself and your personal habits where mm-hmm. I know that you, and we've talked about it last night too. I like <coughs> they, that your, your personal <coughs> life, there's no, there's no such thing as work life balance. Your, your personal life, you do things in your personal outside of the office mm-hmm. that correlate to, um, to success at the office and in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all intentional. I mean, you're intentionally going to the gym because you mm-hmm. know it clears your head or something. What, yeah. are, what are some of your, what's your daily routines or what's your, what are your habits, well, habits that well, you, I think, that I mean, you go you can, through? You can have, there, there is such thing as work. A lot of people have work-life balance, mm-hmm. but I think the people that have one of the, I guess best, and I am going to get into your question. I didn't mean to dodge your question, but the one thing that got taught to me by, by one of my mentors in the business, Larry, is that balance comes from putting weight on something on the front end and then getting it off on, on the back end, you know, you know, right? And we'll use just the same analogy we've been using, like because we dribbled with our left hands, you know, you know, as kids, um, you know, we got the joy, you know, of being you either pay now or you pay later. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of, you know, what, what he taught me going through business. He's like, you know, you can either put the time in now to be able to making the um, enough money to be able to. And people don't realize you, you you have to be making enough money to take time off. You have to be making enough money to take time, you know, you know, for yourself or have yourself at a certain status inside of a company in order to be able to take time off and do the things that you want to do without it setting you backwards, you know, you know, right. And so balance, you know, if you're going to balance a scale, you know, you put the weight on something, you know, maybe in your early twenties, mid twenties, you know, early thirties, so that when you're 40, when you're 50, when, when you're, you're, you're 60, you have the time to be able to do so. But the people who want to be able to have, 
think happy hour and you know all of these things and all of these trips and all this stuff you know when when they're 20 that's fine you know if that makes you happy but understand you're, you're probably going to pay for that later when you're 40 when you're 50 you know you know when 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 you're 60 right so it's where and you know whatever makes you happy makes you happy i'm not here to tell you you know you know you know which it is but you know balance can come in two forms you can you know have a very average career a very average you know income very average pay and be able to do all of the happy hour shit, all of the vacations, all of the other stuff, all of the pay time off or no pay time off. Just use every single vacation day that you have work, get in right at nine, get out right at four, get out right at five, um, you know, and have that type of balance. Or, you know, you can sacrifice some of those happy hours, sacrifice some of, um, you know, the things that, you know, most, you know, 20 to, to, to 30 year olds, you know, you know, do. And then, you know, when you're 30, when you're 32, when you're 33, you know, have a life that, that, that most people be able to do things that, that most people can. And what I see a lot now is, you know, either people that I know or, you know, people that I hear about, you know, friends of friends is so many people are changing careers at 30 and like blaming the company, you know, but they took, they took every single op, every single vacation, every single sick day, every single paid time off. You know, they 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 went in at nine, they got out at four. They weren't any different than than any other employee. Um, and so I think there's two types of balance. It's not that there's no such thing as work life balance. It's that it's just which type of balance do you want? It's a balancing act regardless. Right. You know, you know, you know, right? And so and, and what Larry talked about with his balancing act, he's like, yeah, I missed yeah I missed some t-ball games. I missed some stuff. You know, with my kids. Um, you know, growing up, you know, I missed a couple of dance recitals, you know, you know, for my daughter. Admittedly, mm -hmm. did I hate to miss them? Sure. He was like, but by the time they both reached middle school, he was like, when the coach would ask, you know, are, are there any parents that want to shag balls? You know, are there any parents that, you know, want to keep the score, the score table? Or, you know, are there any parents that, you know, want to do this? He was like, it was me every single time. He's like, and honestly, a lot of times it was just me and one other parent that were there mm -hmm. that, that could do that. Right. So a lot of times, you know, they got to go to the dance recital. He's like, he's like, I never missed a practice. He was like from the time they were middle schoolers on. Yeah. He was like, missed a lot of stuff when they were t-ballers. He was like, which to be honest, like, do you want to be there for those moments? Sure. He's like, but they didn't remember it anyway. Mm -hmm. They didn't remember it. He was like, they didn't care. They're five. They're eating grass. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like whatever. You know, he was like, he was like, and so, you know, he was like, and, and don't get me wrong. He was like, if I could have done both, I would have. He was like, but you know, then he was like, but I, he's like, I don't, he's like, I watched like every single one of my sons and daughters practices from the time they were in eighth grade to the time they were seniors. Mm. He was like, so he was like, that was my balance. So everyone else's balance was juggling, juggling the whole life. He's like, he, I, he's yeah. like, I got it out of the way he, he, and got he a massive an return on yeah, the back end. The invest, investment yeah. in himself yep. in his 20s yeah. rather than yeah, yeah. doing the whole competition with your friend, like having to go to happy yeah. hour with friends, yeah. Instagram, it, like, yeah, I'm doing this, yeah, yeah. getting bottle service, <laughs> yeah, yep. traveling to Rome and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so he, he sacrificed on the front end. Yeah, to get it on the back. So it's just which back, type of yeah. balance you want. So I do think that. But there is, to get back to, I think, where you were going you yeah. know, with that question, um, I, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I do is intentional. There's the old saying, there's an old saying that the way you do one thing is the way that you do everything, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, right? And so I think that, um, you know, one, a lot of people think that to be a, they think of performance-based industries, and I, I relate it so much to sports, but just because you're not playing a football game or a basketball game doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing things that make you a high-level performer you know you know right so so getting enough sleep is important um working out on a daily basis important getting your water intake you know on a daily basis is important putting good foods in your body and that was something i was i remember about year two or three into running a business i remember i was getting really dad bodish 
<laughs> and <laughs> there's a picture of me. I hate to say it. People are going to like, maybe, I don't know. We're I guess we don't, find, have, we're we don't have any viewers yet. So no. hopefully th- this one will slide past everybody. Someone's going to be listening to this yeah. in 2026 <laughs> and be like, I'm going yeah. to look, go look for fat Matt. Fat boy. <laughs> Chubby guy. But, you know, there's a picture of me on Facebook holding my dog, you know, you know, you know, Duke, you know, at the time. And he, um, he's like a puppy and we're up at the cabin. And I'm wearing like a fucking American flag cowboy hat and like my bathing suit. And I've got my shirt off. But I remember looking at the picture after it got posted. I was like, who I, I literally, this is not made up story. You're going to think it's made up. But I was like, who is that holding Duke? <laughs> it was me. Yeah. dude. It was my fat self yeah. <laughs> like holding my dog. And I was like, oh my God, look at my Is that what I look belly, like? Belly, yeah. right? Like I was like, that what I look like, right? But then I, you know, so then you kind of work backwards. I'm like, how did I get to like looking? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like that. I was like, how do I have the girlfriend I have? And chicks like it. We're like in the dad bod during that. Yeah, time, but I didn't realize that I had one, yeah. <laughs> one, right? And so, you know, I, I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, shit. And uh, I, you know, and I, but then I thought about my diet. I was drinking like three, five hour energies a day. I was staying up super late. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sometimes working out, sometimes not. Um, I was. Um, uh, you know, eating my breakfast and lunch consisted of either fast food or gas station food where I would buy my coffee and buy my monsters, you know, so I, I was drinking like monster fiber. It was just, just putting shit, you know, in my body and my mood was off. My energy level was off and I, I was not performing. My business was, we weren't failing by any means, but it wasn't doing as well as it was, you know, when I was, you know, you know had, had healthier habits. And the f- funny thing was I was doing personal development all the time. I was listening to the MFCEO podcast. I was obsessed with, you know, the Andy Fusellas, the Ed Milets, the Sean Whalens, you know, all those, all those guys that talk on, you know, you know, Instagram about habits. And I was like, man, I really got away, you know, from it. So the habits that I have now, you know, kind of come from running what in, in my opinion was, I mean, it's obviously above average business because most businesses go out of business in, within their first like eight or nine months, right? You know, so it had been in business for, and I was 26, 27, you know, at the time. So I'm in year two, year three, um, but I was moody. I had low energy. I didn't like the way that I looked, you know, you know, in, in the mirror, um, you know, and, it, and I literally had to like see a picture, you know, of myself. Cause I didn't remember, I think it, we, we, you know, it was 4th of July, so I probably got drunk. I think the reason why I didn't recognize myself, I didn't remember wearing that hat. Yeah. So I was like, who is that fat guy <laughs> in the cowboy hat, you know, holding my dog, you know, yeah. you know, right. And so I was just like, damn, man, you know, I, I was like, you know, that probably has a lot to do with it. And so then I started drinking more water. I started meal prepping. I started doing, you know, a lot of the right things. And, you know, I found myself becoming a better performer. But, you know, the, the working out, the diet, the water intake, that's just good for your mind, body, soul. It's not just for if you're going to be playing a 60-minute yeah. game. And or just looking that, good, too. Yeah. People, yeah, or just looking good and feeling confident, mm-hmm. you know, in yourself. But the benefits of, of working out and sleeping and putting good stuff in your body, that stuff is so that you can be an elite performer. When you work in a performance-based industry, you, you have to be an elite performer and you can't perform at an elite level if you're dehydrated you can't perform at an elite yeah. level if you're fat you can't perform at a, or you're dragging ass level. yeah you, you, know, eat, you eat like shit yeah, yesterday yeah yeah, yeah, ass, yeah you can't you can't perform at an elite level if you're not doing things that fill you with energy and fill you with confidence mm-hmm. and, and fill you with, with 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 goodness and so if you're just pouring shit into your body and you're not sleeping enough and you're so so all of those things are intentional but it's because i got to a place where i really wasn't happy with with my mood my image, my, my attitude or the performance of what I thought my standard should be of my business yeah. was. And to be yeah. self-aware enough and humble enough to realize that about yourself. Oh, it was a humbling picture yeah. for sure. Like, and so I don't think it was as much, 
I won't give self-awareness, you know, you know, the credit, but I was like, yeah. damn, you know, I yeah. literally but, thought but if, I was yeah, like, if you would have had better self-awareness at the time that yeah. you probably have now, you could have caught it. Maybe yeah. I was like, if that were my kid before, instead yeah. of my dog, he'd be like, kid yeah. with a fat dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, and I knew I didn't look like that. And the girl I was dating at the time, you know, I was like, I know I didn't look like that when she started dating me, you know, and I was like. I was like, you know, I, I kind of catfished my girl, you know, yeah. a little bit. Like, you know, I, I she came Bamboozle in. Bamboozled her. Because I, I looked really good, like, when we first started dating. I was working out every day. And I, I was in pretty much my first couple of years of running the business. I was still working out. Other than doing power cleans, I was just still doing the same workouts mm -hmm. that I was doing From when I was college, playing, yeah. you, know, you know, college football. So, um, you know, I, I, I looked pretty good. And I was like, damn, man, she, she's noticed mm -hmm. for, for, for sure. You I better know, shape you know, up or she's yeah. going to leave. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't the type. I wasn't the type. And one thing that always bothered me about, you know, you know, relationships and stuff like that is people that are like, well, you know, we've been dating for a long time. So, you know, they love me regardless of what mm. I look like. And I'm like, yeah, but if they, if they love you regardless, you should, uh, you should want to look good for them. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if they, you know, the fact that they would love you, even if you were overweight is why you shouldn't get to that point. Like right. they, they like clearly really care about you. And obviously we hadn't been dating that long too. It was like mm -hmm. that serious, but I was like, it was always a pet peeve of mine when people would say that. I was like, man, I'm being kind of a hypocrite yeah. you know, right now. I'm running a business. I'm teaching people about being top performers and you know, you know, having good habits. I was like, and I've really allowed myself to get some, some shitty ones, yeah. you, know, you know, right? It was funny. I actually tried on, I was trying to give away a couple of uh, suits to a couple of guys that work for me mm -hmm. now that I don't wear anymore because they're too big. Oh, Cause yeah. I bought them around that time. And there, there's a, a pair of pants that I can stick you know, and so if people can't find the picture, you know, maybe I'll take a picture with them, you know, post them. But it's, uh, I can fit both of my hands, like, down to my forearms inside Whoa. of these pants. Whoa. Like, I can stand, like, around my waist, I can stand there, like, like this, yeah. you know, with the, with them in there. But, like, two forearms, like, how, how big that is, but, yeah. Big, a lot bigger than now, yeah. Yeah. It must have been, you must have been wearing, like, 34 something or dude like i don't know more. i don't know we don't have to, don't we don't have to pick a size yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we're gonna find that picture and we're gonna post it on the video um but no good shit dude that was uh we're gonna wrap it up we're coming in on an hour and uh mm -hmm. we we're gonna do a lot more podcasts together um because matt mm -hmm. is kind of my i just have easy access to him and he's a guy that's gone mm -hmm. through the shit and and has a lot of insight so we're going to be doing a lot more podcasts together um, on different topics. There, there's still more journey that we could dive into and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, we'll, we'll be here all day. Yeah, we'll, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we'll dive into some of the, the stuff that we just talked about on a yeah. normal basis. We've been, he, Matt came last night and we talked, we've been talking since he got here until the podcast about just mm -hmm. random business topics or, yep. or, or work ethic or habits, stuff like that. So we'll dive deeper into that kind of stuff, but, uh, we're going to wrap it up now and going forward, you guys can find us empire mentality on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. We'll post some of the little snippets from uh, the videos. Yeah, the new Dude, everyone, needs, into the everyone needs to be on TikTok. I sent a <coughs> video to Matt and our buddy Mario yesterday of this baby like you know those like little uh those like the little airbags that come in like your amazon prime packages mm -hmm. the baby's just sitting there and just like on his butt and just smashing his head, head he's tr trying to pop, pop him. him i sat on that couch there and was literally just by myself dying laughing for five minutes straight like crying just watching it on loop yeah you need and, to you need oh to get on tiktok God. for the entertainment but it's uh Maybe not the most productive for an entrepreneurial oh gosh, podcast. Dude. You could you could waste two hours of your life on there, but yeah, that find if you yeah find that video and then then get off TikTok, get dude, back yeah. to work. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's another thing is I have the I have to put the screen time 
thing, like the limit on that on, on I my social that. media. I showed that video to like ten people that that, that worked Dude, for me. And I they, was rolling. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Anyways, find us on there. We'll post little snippets of the uh, of the podcast and stuff. The podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and there's like ten other ones that I didn't even know existed. But they're on all the podcast uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube. If you if you're listening to this, but you want to watch you want to watch the video instead, if you want to see this this beard that Matt's rocking lately, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, watch it on YouTube. Um, other than that, just subscribe, follow. Uh, we're just getting started with this stuff, so first um, one, first one. It feels good to have it done. It, it, it does. was smooth. I was kind of stressed about it. Yeah, I was a little stressed I, about it. I was stressed it too. like it's the world been, was going to hear. We don't even have any. We, yeah. we don't have any followers yet. So. I, know, <laughs> I know we're going to. Joe's going to listen, and Mario, and that's going to be our friends it. and family yeah. are going to listen. Yeah, yeah. you're going you're to play it in the office every day so we get the views up. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll do that. Go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, we're out. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Right, cool.